Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. This is David Shoemaker, and I'd like to welcome you to Living Thelema. This segment is titled Kabbalistic Coping Skills. And what we're going to be covering today is uh, a set of skills and tools that you can use using concepts of the uh, Kabbalah, uh, using the various spheres of the Tree of Life and your understanding of them to cope with uh, any number of everyday circumstances that come up. This includes, as you'll see through our discussion, um, personal conflicts, internal conflicts, um, internal stressors that you're trying to deal with, whether um, physical or emotional or mental or, or spiritual, um, as well as dealing with conflicts with others. You can even use some of the tools we're going to talk about today in terms of those times when you may be called in to mediate a dispute between other people, um, a couple of friends having an argument or uh, you know, conflict, that, and you're in a, in a place where you can come in and, and talk to them and make a difference. So I think some of the tools today may be useful for that as well. Before we start in, though, I want to define a few of the terms I'm going to be using today. I've talked to you a little bit in the past about the Kabbalistic doctrine of the parts of the soul, the different aspects uh, of the self as represented in Kabbalistic psychology. But I'm going to do a brief overview of those again here and tie them in with, um, with the concepts of Jungian psychology to give you uh, a couple ways to view what we're going to be discussing. I've put a couple images up on the resources page at livingthelema.com. And so if you want something to look at through this initial part of the discussion to help you with uh, a visual reference, then you might want to take a look at those and, and pull them up uh, if you can on your, uh, on your device, whatever you have handy. Um, so in Kabbalistic psychology, the parts of the soul are defined as the, the different levels of consciousness of each human being. And they cover the full spectrum of consciousness from mere physical existence, the physical body, all the way up to the highest levels of transpersonal uh, connection that, that each of us can feel and experience and manifest. So let me begin this review by starting at the top, so to speak. Um, at the top of the tree of life, uh, the sphere of Kether is known as the Yehida. This is the primal seed of spiritual light within each human being, um, the linkage of the individual human to highest divine sources. And in one way of looking at it, uh, the, the light of the holy guardian angel itself. At Chokmah, we have the Chia, which is the, the manifestation of the universal will in an individual human, the, the entry point of that universal force. And at Binah, we have the Neshama, uh, which is the spiritual container for that force, uh, the grail idea compared to the lance of Chia, the container of will within each person. Now, sometimes the term Neshama is applied to the whole of the uh, superconsciousness. The, the three aspects I've just listed, the Yakida, the Kiat, and the Neshama, um, can be seen as the entire region of transpersonal superconsciousness uh, above the abyss, above uh, the, the supernals, essentially, on the Tree of Life. Okay? So, um, bridging this into Jungian terminology, the self, with a capital S, that Jung talks about, the the, the world of the collective unconscious, the archetypes, um, 
the aspect of self that is deeply rooted in spiritual awareness and um, the the intrinsic conscience of that linkage which can live through us. That is essentially analogous to the Neshama, as I'm going to be talking about it here. Dropping down a level to the Kabbalistic Ruach, this is the normal consciousness of your your ego consciousness, basically. Your everyday thoughts, emotions, memories, uh, your personal will, the personalized expression of universal will through your life. This is analogous to the Jungian ego. And as I've said before, Jung's idea of ego is not egotistical, egocentric, it's not pejorative in that sense. It's simply the I um, that goes throughout your day and thinks of yourself as yourself. Next, we have the nefesh, which is autonomic consciousness, uh, the so-called animal soul, the instincts, the primal drives, um, the uh, kind of the bridge between the mind and the physical body. So a lot of um, interplay between the, uh, the less conscious aspects of the mind and the body itself, um, including intuitions that may feel like they're coming through the body. Um, that's resonant at the nefesh, which is associated with the sphere of Yasod and um, essentially analogous to the Jungian personal unconscious, those aspects of our personal life that have been either repressed into being unconscious or have never been conscious, but are not um, not the same as the, the collective um, unconscious with its archetypes and its transpersonal nature. Okay, And finally, we have the goof, the, the physical body. And on the tree, that's at uh, Malkuth. So again, reference the, the images on the website, um, on the resources page, so that you can have a, a, a visual scheme for this. I think it may help you as we talk. Now, the really interesting thing about looking at coping tools based on this model and based on the tree of life itself is that the direction of the movement that we have to use in order to cope with a challenge mirrors the path of evolution. It goes up the tree. All the movement is toward Kether. And frankly, why would we expect otherwise? Uh, any given moment in life can be a microcosm of the entire path of return if we approach it mindfully and with an intention to grow. In any instance of difficulty, any particular instance of difficulty, we're given an opportunity to stretch toward a more evolved viewpoint from which to attack the problem. So just as the tree of life represents the microcosm of human consciousness and the macrocosm of universal creation and the path of transformation and evolution from base matter, if you want to call it that, up to full attainment. Um, it's also a map of how to deal with any given instant of existence in a balanced and constructive way. So the coping model that I'm developing and putting out today um, is based on that path of evolution toward Cather. So let's find um, an everyday example to talk about here. Let's say you've, you've had a very difficult time at work. You've had conflicts with a coworker, uh, you've, you're stressed out, you're feeling um, kind of overwhelmed. Um, so let's just use that as, as a basic template for you know, a problem that you got to deal with. So the first step of the coping model here is starting at the bottom of the tree, check 
the goof. Check the physical body in Malkuth. Um, start with the basics. This is the foundation. Yes, so notwithstanding, the physical body is the foundation of everything else um, that you're going to be experiencing. And if there is something wrong with the physical body, everything else will be filtered through that. Um, so, are you ill? Are you tired? Are you hungry? Um, underslept? Hungover? <laughs> you know, look at all of these uh, possibilities and um, understand that if you don't address those first, it's going to be hard to move much beyond this. If you, like Maslow talks about with his hierarchy uh, of, of needs in the human being, uh, if the basic physical needs are not met, it's very difficult to put any constructive attention on higher psychological needs uh, and, and the, certainly spiritual needs, so keep that in mind. After you've checked in at the physical level, uh, move up the tree, again, toward Kether, moving up to, uh, to Yesod, where we review Nefesh and potential um, stuck points, problems in, in Nefesh. Um, as I've talked about before, here's a good opportunity to look at psychological projections. Um, you're looking for unconscious blockages. You're looking for um, emotional tides that are manifesting in the way you perceive the world at, at a really um, basic perceptual level, primal level. So you may be going through your workday being batted, about, batted around quite a bit by um, the winds of the unconscious and your emotions without even realizing that it's spilling over into how you perceived your coworker when they said that thing they said that upset you and so on. So again, for projections you want to look at, you know, were they doing something that I really don't like in myself and, and manifesting that. So I was bothered by it. Were they, were they doing something I really try not to do? And so I was policing it in them. Um, and so on. So look for projections also in terms of, uh, unconscious contents, nefeshic personal unconscious level sort of blockages. Um, look for what we call in psychology secondary gain from failure. Is there something you are getting out of being stuck? Is there some benefit to you psychologically to being stuck? An example of this would be um, keeping yourself in a victim role in the, the office conflict in our hypothetical situation here. Is there, is there a gain to you from feeling helpless? For example, is it enabling you to not change? Is it enabling you to not face some inner challenge that you need in order to grow from the situation? Is it easier for you to just think of it as, I can't do anything here because those bad people are keeping me from feeling better? You know, that's the basic idea. So there might be other kinds of secondary gains as well. Another source of nefeshic disturbance that can affect how we cope with things is, uh, strictly speaking, magical uh, interference. So for example, um, if you've been lax with your daily practices, if you have not been keeping up with your daily hygienic magical practices like banishing and invoking and uh, perhaps some sort of uh, uh, hearkening back to our um, uh, basic magical regimen segment, uh, if you're not keeping up with maybe a middle pillar type exercise for moving, circulating the, the force within your, your magical system, astral system, if you are... Um, getting kind of sloppy with 
magical practices. If uh, Not to be overly superstitious about it, but if you're being sloppy the way you draw your pentagrams in the pentagram ritual, or if you're doing astral work and you are not being conscientious in pulling back all of the astral, uh, all of the externalized astral substance into the physical body, things like that um, can, can truly, uh, especially if they're persistently a problem, can, can truly be felt and uh, more often experienced as a drain of energy or um, um, some other sort of less than conscious feeling of <laughs> not being right. Um, sometimes you won't be able to put words to it, but its its root may actually be in, in sloppy daily work. So correct that if you need to. Um, all right, so that's a review of the nefeshic level. Once you've reviewed the, the body, you've reviewed the nefeshic level, time to move up the tree to the ruach. Um, so here, clearly, you're going to be looking for ego-level stuff that's a problem. Um Blind spots, things about yourself that you're not conscious of very often or not very fully aware of. Projections can help you with this kind of thing as well. Um, maybe you're having some competitive urges and the, the office conflict is um, stemming from um, you know feeling some sort of uh, rivalry with the person you're in conflict with. Maybe you're afraid of being embarrassed or humiliated. Um, maybe... There's a sense of a you know fearing a social stigma for some for some reason. Um, anything that that uh, plays into the ego's wants and needs, which usually involve some degree of comfort, superiority, um, stability of circumstance, um, predictability in life, things that that tend to break that stuff down will tend to be um, threatening to the ego self-esteem, uh, social standing, etc. So what do you do at this level? Um, you have some magical options, uh, as always. You can use rituals to invoke the forces that balance what you have an excess of, or that, you know, you have a, if you have a dearth of something, you can invoke more of it in. Um, for example, if you're feeling kind of fuzzy-headed and uh, um, confused and just not clear in the way you're viewing the situation, you can do a hoed ritual to invoke those forces um, of, of mental clarity, intellectual stability. If you're feeling spiritually dry, um, aspirations low, uh, th you know, you're just not uh, feeling like uh, your spiritual batteries are fully charged, you can invoke Netsak to get the, that sort of fiery uh, aspiration, desire nature fired up. Um, if you want some more intuitive guidance, you've got options like invoking Yasod, which in addition to being the sphere of the unconscious, uh, the Nefesh is that entry point for, uh, intuition in the pre-adept uh, stage. Then, um, if, uh, if you really just want to bring in more of the, the spiritual light itself, if you feel like, you know, you need to remind yourself about your magical goals, the aspiration to the Holy Guardian Angel, and so on. Invoke Tefereth or, or Kether, perhaps. Um, if you need uh, physical healing, find a way to tap into that through a Malkuth-oriented sort of ritual. Um, there are you know, an infinite variety of ways to customize this sort of thing, but the general rule is uh, if you feel like you have too much of something, 
don't try to banish that thing. Try to invoke its opposite. Invoke the thing, the principle, that will bring balance to what you feel like you have too much of. Too angry? Don't try to banish Mars. Invoke uh, Jupiter, for example. So, um, just various examples of ways to work with this at the ego level, um, magically, but in terms of non-magical ways to deal with uh, things and to, you know, coping techniques at the ego level, um, some journaling, you know, review your, your diaries, magical diaries, and see if there's some clues in there about what's going on in your head that may have been tripping you up. It may be useful to talk to a friend, one or more friends, and get some rational um, input from an ego outside of yourself, you know, from another Ruach and, uh, see what they have to say. Um, won't uh, be something you necessarily have necessarily have to slavishly, uh, follow in terms of advice if it doesn't feel right to you, but it's good input. It's data. Now in all of this, there is a guiding principle, which is important to discuss. Once you have identified the level at which the conflict is occurring in your attempt to to discover the source of the, the coping problem. Um, the solution will typically involve intentional operation from one or another of the levels above the level of conflict. For example, fairly obviously, if you're dealing with physical problems or emotional conflicts or complexes, you got to bump it up a level to involve your ego. The, the ego, Ruach, has to come in and say, oh, you need sleep, or you need to eat, or you need to stop worrying so much about, um, you know, what that person thinks of you because you're projecting, you know, or uh, that sort of stuff. You got to have, you got to kick it up, you know, to a higher level so that a more enlightened part of you can have a view of the situation. Uh, likewise, if you have ego problems, if the, the conflict is at the level of ego, then um, a solution will typically involve moving up to a higher level of um, spiritual connection. So um, remembering to aspire to and consciously identify with the higher self to the extent that you can. Um, do some invocations to the Holy Guardian Angel, uh, prayer, um, appealing to the HGA for, for clarity uh, uh, on the situation. Often, at those times when we consciously feel stuck, we consciously feel like we're between a rock and a hard place or there's a paradox that feels um, unresolvable, it's because it's not the ego's job to fix that particular thing. We need something else. We need something transrational, something uh, transpersonal. And at those moments of ego conflict, ego blockage, stuckness, invoking... Uh, the higher self in one form or another, whatever term you want to use for that, um, is the key. When conscious contact with the Holy Guardian Angel is accomplished and stabilized at the Adeptus Minor stage of AA, many other powerful resources will become available. The Angel will teach you many tools. Um, and in getting to that place, you will have developed many tools to do much of what I'm describing here today. Likewise, developing these tools will, I think, quite likely speed your progress toward that attainment because you won't be as bound up, your energy won't be as bound up in these 
sort of uh, lower levels of of um, psychological functioning, if the energy is stuck there, you you don't have it to devote toward um, aspiration to the highest. Furthermore, even after the attainment of adeptus minor and the knowledge of conversation, uh, each successive stage of attainment beyond Tefereth brings with it a broader and more nuanced understanding of who we are and what we're here to do and which powers and potencies are the most appropriate solutions for any difficulties we encounter. Now, in addition to individual coping, um, I mentioned at the beginning of the segment that you can use these tools to deal with conflicts with others as well. So let's take a look at how you might do that. The same guiding principle applies here. Determine the level of conflict and approach it from at least one level above that. So um, if you have two people who are having a conflict uh, that's, that's emotional, they're, they're kind of rolling around in the muck of anger or, or misunderstanding or, or projection of their own struggles onto, uh, say, a, a partner or a friend, um, you know, that's likely to be at the nefeshic level. So what you do is you come into that situation as a problem solver from the ego level. And you, uh, uh, this is fairly um, obvious probably, you, you come in with some common sense. You know, you, you want to be the rational thinking uh, frontal lobe that they're not particularly using at that moment. Uh, you come in and say, okay, wait, let's look at it this way. What's really the problem and so on. So you're, the, you're becoming their... their uh, their ruach for a second there to help them elevate themselves above the nefeshic level of conflict. An even more primal example, um, you've got a, a couple friends who are actually physically fighting. Now, clearly, it's not constructive to rush in and just also physically fight with them. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, I mean, maybe that helps somehow, but I don't think that's really what we want to... Uh, to strive for just more people fighting instead of fewer people fighting. So, uh, you kick it up to a level above it. Once again, it's the ego that can come in the Ruach that can come into that situation and say, break it up, stop. Let's talk this through and figure out what's going on instead of just throwing punches. So also you may have, um, uh, people who are in conflict at the ego level, uh, competitive, uh, strivings, you know, that are manifesting in a local body or uh, among your friends. They're they're at odds about some issue where one wants to be right and doesn't want to admit they're wrong about something, and you know they're they're butting heads about that sort of thing. So if the conflict is already at the ego level, then one of your best tools is going to be to push that up the tree a notch to the spiritual level. You may want to appeal to their sense of fraternity. If you know, you're all in the same magical order, for example, you may want to try to remind them that there are magicians on the path and, uh, that you can see from the outside that their conflict is about getting stuck at the ego level. And maybe they're both right in their own ways. And, you know, so you, you, you have a more nuanced, uh, enlightened perspective on the situation by purposely and consciously taking it above the ego level of conflict. Okay, so I hope these uh, tools today will be useful for you, um, useful as a template for considering what's happening within you when you feel difficulty coping with uh, a particular situation in life, 
a template for dealing with other people's conflicts if you find yourself in a position of need to do that. Um, as always, if you have comments or questions, if I can clarify anything, don't hesitate to write to me. I, I do have a new uh, email address. It's david at livingthelema.com. The old address still works, but uh, please use this one going forward. And uh, do visit the resources page at livingthelema.com. And uh, my bio is on there also if you want to learn more about my work. We have the Living Thelema page on Facebook. And uh, I always value your suggestions. I've got some great comments and suggestions over the past few weeks, and I'm looking forward to the next few months of sharing these ideas with you. So thank you for listening. Love is the law. Love under will.